Alrighty, Joshua chapter uh, Joshua chapter six. Hey, it's great to see you here this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. We've uh, we've been in Joshua for a few weeks now, and um, the the title to our series has been "Your Time Now." Um, you know, as I've thought about that title, I, I, it, it disturbs. You know, I get concerned a little bit. I guess I should say because. We live in a society where there's so much individualism. As a matter of fact, it's, uh, that's what's encouraged. That's what's um, you know, applauded in our world today, the individuals who excel. And it doesn't matter what kind of a path of destruction or wake of destruction they've left in there, as long as the individual is okay. And can I tell you, that that's just never how life works. It's never just about the individual. It's never just about one person. You don't always get to have it your way. I don't care what the commercial says, right? That, there's a, that we are a part of a community, and, and, and by God's grace, we get to be a part of a community of faith, a family of faith. And so, um, so this morning, uh, when, when we talk about your time now, the, the real essence of this is that it's your time now to move into a, a place of being God's person at this time and at this place to accomplish God's will for his glory and to make his name famous. Amen? We are here to serve him. We, we get that mixed up sometimes and we think that God's uh, uh, just up there to serve us. And that's not how it works. And we're going to see that as we look into the scripture this morning. I actually want to read some of the text from Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand with its mighty king and men of valor. You shall march around the city, all of the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall, blow, shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest, and he said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass before the Ark of the Lord. Now today we're going to look at some other scriptures here, but before we do that, I want us to kind of talk about the setting um, we know that the children of Israel have crossed the Jordan River. They've been camping in the land of Gilgal. They um, are now, um, they've sent spies into the city of Jericho. The spies uh, met a prostitute there who, who helped them out and hid them and, and let them down by a, a red cord. If you've never heard of the, the scarlet cord, you need to go and read. There's some great things about that. And they came back and gave a report that the city could be taken and, and the people, God gave a plan. Plan, and the people began to execute this plan that we just uh, talked about. Now, Jericho wasn't a big city. It was about, um, the whole city was about eight to nine acres big. And if you've heard the story, you know that Jericho was a city that had two huge walls that uh, went around it. From sea level to the top of the second wall was somewhere around 40 feet tall. The, 
The first wall itself was 12 to 15 feet tall. And, and inside and all around this, this walled city, the people of Jericho went out and they would farm the land. And if something bad happened or something scared them, they would run into the city for protection. And so here we see that the children of Israel had crossed the Jordan River. They are now camping in their farmlands. They had run into the city for protection, probably somewhere, historians tell us, probably around 2,500 people were living, were living in the city. The, the walls of the city, each set of walls was somewhere between six to eight feet wide. It was really considered a, a city that could not be defeated. It could not be, um, the walls couldn't be broken down. If you were inside the city, uh, you were safe. But God had a different plan. And so God's plan, uh, so let's think about the people who are on the inside of the city for a minute. Uh, these were people who were very idolatrous. They did not believe in uh, their God. They had a multitude of gods. They, they, um, they were pagan people. They had uh, participated <clears throat> in both idolatry and many different uh, uh, things that, would, um, that today we would look at and say that's just unconscionable, that they would, the things that they would do to their, own, uh, to their children and to people who live there. And so they, um, they, kept, uh, they, they didn't trust in God, they, so they put their trust in something. And you know what they put their trust in? They put their trust in these walls. They, they put their trust in the, in, in the king and the men of valor. And so time and time again, they would find themselves running and hiding into the city and leaving their, their crops and leaving their herds. And, and, um, and they, they constantly became a people who people would try to invade, and when they tried to invade them, then they would try to be ruthless back. They would say, if you're going to try and hurt us, we're going to try and hurt you worse. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I, um, I thought about these walls this week, and, and, and one of the things that I, I believe the Lord said that he wants somebody here to know today is that, you know, anything that you run to or anything that you hide behind, that thing controls your life. And, and what happened was, that this, this little six to eight acre parcel of ground became the thing that controlled their life. It was their safe place. It was, it, it was what they put their trust in. It was such a limited, a limited way to live. And I wonder how many of us from time to time find ourselves running back to the same things. We, we venture out a little beyond the walls, but something happens and all of a sudden we... We, we run and we, we hide behind, for maybe for some people, it's anger. You know, if I get angry enough, you ever met anybody that all you have to do is say hi to them and they're angry? Anybody ever met anybody like that, you know? And you think, what are they angry about? And, and it's that wall, and they're, they're always hiding behind that. If I can just pretend that I'm strong enough and mean enough. And let me tell you this, if anybody ever tries you to control anger, go ahead and feel sorry for them because anybody that's trying to control somebody with something, you know what? They're being controlled by that thing. They really are. Have you ever known somebody that, that maybe is always trying to blame somebody from something? It's always somebody else's fault. Now, I know this never happens in families and homes. It never happens between husbands and wives, right? Where something doesn't get done and something was supposed to get done and a, and a husband will blame a wife or a wife will blame a husband and and they will try to, to de degrade them and put them down. And, and they're putting their trust in their own ability to control, to, to get rid of shame by shaming others or by blaming others. And, and let me say it again. The thing that you hide behind is the thing that's controlling your life. It's the thing that's, 
that's marking you and identifying you. And that's what marked these people. They were being controlled by the protection of this city and this king. And, and so then we see the children of Israel show up on the scene. And, um, and they begin to, to manifest themselves. They begin to walk around the city. And, and, and we're going to read it a little bit. And we talked about it a little bit last week. How that, that ultimately this whole city is going to get destroyed. And, and all of these inhabitants, maybe historians say maybe a couple of thousand people, are get destroyed. And, and, I, and I question why. Why would people stay behind a wall unless they didn't know they had any other option? Maybe they thought that was their only source of, of help and protection. And, and can I tell you today that if you believe that there's uh, the only source of protection that you have, the only source of help, the only source of strength you have today is, is your strength or your ability or, or your understanding or, or you've got a difficult situation so you've got to work harder, can I tell you, you'll never be strong enough. You'll never be wise enough. You'll never be the one who's able to solve your problems. Amen? It's just not going to happen. It's like trying to lift yourself up off the ground. Our strength is limited. We can't do it. And that's why I think it's amazing in this city. What I see happening to this city is I see God painting a picture before their eyes of his grace. I, I, I thought about this. Why would God have his children walk around this city seven times? Now, I think it means something to the children of Israel, but I also think it meant something to the people of Jericho. Every day when they would come out and, and march and, and be silent and the ram's horns would blow and, and all the different things that took place, that every day, you know what I believe that, that was happening? The, children, the people in Jericho were being shown a sign that there's something beyond yourself. There's something that you can turn to that goes beyond your own ability. You know, Rahab saw it. The scripture tells us that Rahab said, yes, the fear of your God has already gripped our hearts. And so they were trying to hide that fear while they lived behind the walls. And you know what I believe? I believe that every day God was saying, hey, listen, here's my people. Here's my presence. All you have to do is just stop trusting in the king. Stop trusting in the warriors. Stop trusting in the walls and come on out. There's a way that you can really live free. There's a way you can really know my presence. There's a way you can really experience something that you've never known before. But the people kept trusting in the walls. And ultimately, the walls brought them doom. Let's not be that kind of a people. Amen. How many people say, I want to trust in the Lord? Not any walls of human making, not any walls of pride or shame or anger, no walls of religion. Amen. Come on, say a big amen to no walls of religion. Amen. Anybody ever meet it? You live in East Texas, you've met people who have walls of religion, right? No walls of religion, no man made things. Amen. Amen. Well, what about the people? That talks about the people inside. What about the people outside? What about. Joshua and all the people there. You know, verse 10, um, or, or the, the verses we just read, said that, they, um, that they, they were told by God what to do to walk around the city. And I think it's kind of interesting the things that God tells them. First of all, he says that you're going to walk around each day. And then uh, he goes down there and listen in verse 10 what he says. It says, but Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout nor shall you make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until I tell you to shout. 
Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp, and they spent the night in the camp. So let's get the picture here. Outside of the walls of the city, there were people that every day they were getting up, and they were getting in line, and they were getting dressed, and they were eating their breakfast. They were doing all these things. They were doing the same thing every day, day in and day out. They were just going through the motions and you know what? The first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth, nothing was different. Has anybody ever been in a place in your life where it just felt like it was same-o, same-o, get up, make the donut? Does anybody remember that commercial, the old commercial about when you make the donuts, you know, what are you doing? It's just in a routine, and you're, and you're doing the same thing, and you're doing, having the same experiences, and, you're, and, and, and it's just over and over, and there's a redundancy, and you're going, what in the world? You look around, and you see other people, wait a minute, their lives are changing, they're getting answers to their prayers, she got her boyfriend, he got his wife, they got their promotion, they got their job, they, they got all their blessings, they got what they want, but here I am, just same-o, same-o. Is anybody... Has anybody ever experienced same-o, same-o? Amen. Boy, I don't know about you. I like um, adventure. I like excitement. I, I can't even drive the same way home every day. I mean, you know, it just, uh, Yvette, the other night we were in the car and we were going somewhere and I took off and went down through a, a back road and circled around. And she said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm just going up to the church. You take this route every now and then. I go a different route. Does anybody, how many people got to do something different just every now and then? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, same, oh, same, oh. It just, seals, it just tries to wear you out. You know, so I think that, that, that one of the things that is interesting here, that in the midst of this same, oh, same, oh stuff, God gave them a very specific instruction. He told them, he says, Joshua says to the people, um, one, he says, Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. How would you like to be able to tell, just, just, just march, don't say anything, keep your mouth shut, be quiet? Why do you think Joshua did that? Anybody, you know, I mean, here's why I think he did that. Because the people had learned a pattern of grumbling, griping, complaining, criticizing. Now that has no relevance to the world we live in today. griping and grumbling and complaining and criticizing and not getting their way and having to do the same thing day in and day out. And so you know what, the, you know what Joshua said? Just keep your mouth shut, okay? And don't say anything until God tells you what to say. You all know I love you, right? So I got a pastoral word of counsel for you today, Okay. When you don't know what to say, God hasn't given you something to say, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Somebody say, hallelujah, I'm so glad, so glad I came today, right? Don't, you know, the Bible says it like this in the Old Testament, it says that even a fool is considered wise when he doesn't say anything. You, you, you just, just, just act wise. Just somebody's, everybody's railing and griping and complaining, and they're, they're talking about this person and that person and what they would do and what should be done and what shouldn't have been done and all that. Just, 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 just kind of do the, give them one of these. Hmm. 
just kind of, you know, you give them that old why. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know. And then they'll go, wow, you know, the other day we were having this discussion, man, we're standing around the court, standing around the water fountain, and we were talking about, and, and you know, Corey, man, he, he had some wise insights. He, I can remember, he just said, hmm, that's right. hmm, yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Why? Because you know what the Bible says in the New Testament? It says this, it says that out of, out of one tree does not come both sweet and bitter fruit. Out of one well of water, you don't drink good and bad water, clean and polluted water. And sometimes in the world in which we live as believers, as Christians, you know what's happened? We have been so, we've, we've just spouted stuff off. We've just said things. We've just, if it, if it, you know what, if it ran through our brain, it came out of our mouth. And I used to always like that expression. Before your mouth speaks, put your brain in gear. Amen. But, but it just runs out of us and, and all of a sudden, so we're, we're griping and complaining and grumbling and then we want to tell people how much God loves them. And then we want to be a witness to them and then we want to help them in their difficult times and we want to counsel them in their points of hurt and confusion and we wonder why they put us at arm's length. There's something to be said about keeping our mouths shut until God gives us a word to speak. Amen? You know what also I like in this section of Scripture? That God told Joshua how many days they were going to be walking, but Joshua never told anybody else. Isn't that interesting? The people didn't know if they were walking for five days or 50 days. or I mean, they'd been out for years in the wilderness. Maybe this is one of those things where here we go around the city, 40 years, we're going to just, you know, we know how these walls, we're going to dig a trench and the walls are going to fall into the trench. I mean, that's right now. They didn't know. They had to walk by faith. They had to walk by, in, in trust. They had to walk in obedience. Obedience, boy, there's a word we love in our world today, don't you? We're going to talk about that more in a minute. But you know what I think was happening on these people? I think that these people were having such a, um, that when they first gathered around the city, they were, they were mesmerized by the walls. And, and they, the people were looking out over them. And, and in their hearts, I think that maybe they thought, how are we going to do this? And so God says, hey, let me show you what we're going to do. And we're going to get out here and we're going to walk. And as they're walking, I think something happened in their life. I believe that a transformation took place where they stopped circling their problem and started circling the promise of God. I think that the God, and I don't know this, you know, he told Joshua six days, but the Lord knew what was going on. I think if they had had to stay out there for five years until they would learn, wait a minute, you're not circling your problem, you're circling the promise. And what I wonder is how many people in our world, how many of us in our lives, we just keep circling the problem and we keep looking at it and we keep thinking about it. Man, those walls are big and, and man, we, those, how can we get there? And you can't do this and we can't do this and we figure out all the ways we can't do something and then we, why would God bring us out here? And time and time again, we had seen this happen with the, the children of God where they would, they would experience something. It wouldn't be what they want, when they wanted, how they wanted, so they would grumble, complain, gripe, and shut down. 
And I wonder how many of us in our lives, we've started out and we thought, man, I've got a financial problem in my life. Man, I've got some relational issues that are going on. I've got some hurts and pains. I've got some things. I've got some wounds in my life. I've got some, some issues that's, that, that have dealt. They've been here for a long time, and, and, and I don't know what happens, but all of a sudden, and we keep circling the anger or circling the fear or circling the desperation or circling the lust or circling the whatever it is in our lives, and it keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. Can I say today that I think God's got a different plan? He wants to do a work in us today that says, I'm not going to circle problems anymore. I'm going to circle promises. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to walk and, and I'm going to see that things in front of me. And I know that, that, that there's, a, there's a hole there, but I'm going to say, you know what? God, that hole doesn't stop me because I'm circling the promise that says that you will fill in every low place and you will bring down every high place and nothing will stop me from walking in the purposes and plans to which you've called me. Amen? Anybody, anybody here this morning? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've got a struggle going on. I've got an issue going on. I've always dealt with anxiety. I've always had this, um, had this problem in my life. I've, this thing has been something that's impacted. I talked to somebody just in the last couple of weeks that they said this thing has manifest in generations. And they went back and talked about how that it, this thing had, had happened with their grandfather and with their, with their great-grandfather and grandfather and parents, and, and now it was showing up in their life. And you know what I'm saying is, well, it may have happened. You can't go back and change your past, but you can sure change your future. Amen? That, that made me, you don't have to let it keep coming and keep coming through and, and keep being the thing that, that, that impacts your life. You can say no to it. And instead of just focusing on the problem, I'm going to focus on the promise of God. That God will save us and God will heal us and God will deliver us and God will strengthen us. And no matter how high the walls, our God doesn't have to go up to bring them down. He comes down to crush them. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you, that's what he wants to do for you this morning. That's what he wants to do in your life. But, but my family's always had issues. It's always had problems. It's always had struggles. So how, how do I start living different? How do I start experiencing something different? The very first thing that the, God called the children of Israel to was obedience. Obedience. You start obeying everything that God has said for you. Amen? Doesn't matter what everybody else does. God says for you to be quiet, you be quiet. God says for you to march, you march. God says for you to rejoice, you rejoice. God says for you to not go out and hunt for that person or, or try to solve that problem. You just keep your eyes on him. Then you just keep your eyes on him. Amen? You circle the promise over and over. That's what God told the children of Israel to do. They, they began to... Um, they began to walk in obedience. They began to live in obedience. And as they did, God gave them a new perspective about how his promise would be fulfilled in their lives. They lived their lives to, to fulfill God's plan and to fulfill God's purposes. They lived their lives committed to God's priority in their life. Now, now this is, I know, a little bit um, uh, something that maybe we don't always want to talk about, but but you know what? God's called his people to be a people of, of purity. God's called us to be a people who, who focus that the first thing we do is seek to please God with all of our lives, with our actions, with our attitudes, with our words and our deeds. And, and so the, the children of Israel, God said, hey, listen, 
You, these, are, these were wanderers for 40 years. They've been wandering. They step into a new land. And now God says, I'm going to bring the walls down. And you go up and you kill the people. I'm going to take you from wanderers to warriors. And it's going to happen because you just do what I say. And so the children of Israel, the walls fall down. They, the seventh day, I love this, they're marching. They, the, the, the trumpets are blowing. And then God says, and, and I think this is interesting, that in God's timing, how many people here have ever had a problem with God's timing? Anybody? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Right? A, a lot of times I told somebody recently that I, in, more, in my life now, I don't, not that I can't ever miss it, even as church leadership we talk about. It's not that we necessarily miss direction, but boy, I can sure miss the timing of God. Amen? Man, I see something, and let's jump into it. And the Lord said, I said, wait on it. Okay? Or how about this one? Has anybody ever missed a divine opportunity to share the love and the, and the gospel of Jesus with somebody? Because oh, tell this person right here, God, I don't know that person. And then we argue and discuss and debate, and we have to seek the Lord and get discernment and all these type of things. And by that time, they finished getting gas, and they're already down the highway. Right? Anybody here ever had a divine moment when you know the Lord says for you to do, give that person some money, say something good to that person, share the love of Jesus? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? And then we delay. What I love about this, the Lord, the walls of Jericho fell down and the children of Israel, who from my understanding had never been involved in this kind of warfare before, they ran into the city, they obeyed God and God blessed them. God let them defeat every enemy in that city. He gave them the city. They obeyed God's plan. They obeyed God's purpose. They obeyed God's timing. They did what the Lord set them to do. And because of that, the Lord blessed them with victory. Now, I don't want this to get into condemnation or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But sometimes the struggles, folks, that we have in our lives... Sometimes it's just because we've disobeyed the Lord. Sometimes God has called us to walk on the water with him, and we said, no, Lord, that walking on the water stuff doesn't look too appealing, right? So, sometimes we wonder why we've had struggles and issues in our lives, and it's very simply because we've chosen to trust in something other than God's all-powerful, all-wonderful purposes for our lives. And can I encourage you today that what God's asking is he wants to, us to be a people of obedience who would serve him with obedience in every area. As a matter of fact, the next thing they do, the scripture tells us this. It says that once they had defeated all of the people, they had destroyed all of the people and the herds and the, everything that was in the city. You know what they did? God said, I want you to take this city and I want you to give it to me. Now, now, this is a great message for another time. We won't get into it today, but, but Jericho, was a, it was the first city in the land they took. It was a first fruit city. And, and every first thing belongs to the Lord. Amen? All the first of our time, the first of our, of our, of our um, affections, Belong to the Lord. I, I love my wife. I've got the best wife in the whole world. She is just amazing and incredible. And, and um, I, have I made up for last week at all yet? No, sorry. Okay, sorry. And um, she, she's all, right? 
so, so, but we, um, I forgot what I was saying. I started thinking about you. My mind went totally different places there. But we, we want to obey, we want to obey the Lord. Okay. With our affections, with our emotions. And one of the great ways that we get to obey the Lord is with tangible financial things. God had the children of Israel. Listen to me, church. We're getting ready to transition. We're going to have great baby dedication here in just a moment. But listen to this. Can I tell you that sometimes that, that we limit God's full blessing and full manifestation in our lives is because we hold on to what's in our hands rather than trusting the one who holds the universe in his. Amen? How many times do we think... Well, I've, I, I've got, I can't, I can't afford to, to tithe or I can't afford to give or I can't afford to, to be generous. And very specifically, let me say, let me speak a word here to the, to the New Covenant Church family. We're so glad all of our guests are here today. Thank you. you you're, it's wonderful having you here with us. But look, over the last 10 months, nine months or so, I know that there have been many of you who have been giving to the New Covenant Church Building Fund Thank you for your generosity. You guys have been amazing. I don't know exactly how amazing. Mark and Dan and I have a meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and we're going to be doing some reconciling on some things and stuff. But, but you've been amazing. But you know what? I, I just sensed. Now, I've heard this from one person specifically, so this isn't just a word from the Lord. But, but as I heard this from one person, something stirred in my spirit that said, wait a minute, it's not just them. There have been people who've been giving sacrificially and you've been, you've been not drinking that, that tea or eating that meal or whatever it is and you've, been, and you've been pouring into the kingdom of God and all of a sudden it feels like you've given and the well has run dry. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody here, but, um, but I can tell you from our experience, uh, we, we got into a situation, you, you all know that we, Yvette owns a preschool and I help her with it. And, um, and so in the midst of that, uh, buying a building and remodeling the building, and, and, and the costs have gone crazy. And, and there's times when I thought, wait a minute, God, we're giving like we've never given. And God, we know we can't outgive you, but, but it seems like we've hit some walls of financial difficulty. Can I, can I just ask this this morning? And this, Has anybody here in the last number of months, hit any walls, financial walls of difficulty? I mean, are you willing to trust, okay, that this morning? Okay, a few people, a few people, a few of us, okay. A few of us, all right. Can, can I say this? I, exactly what we're talking about here, I believe, is, is a word for you today. You can either focus on the problem or you can focus on the promise. And you can either trust the timing of the need or trust the timing of God who brings all provision. I'm saying this to you this morning. God will not fail you. God doesn't keep, God keeps perfect records. God knows your need. He knows your need for faith. He knows your need for finances. And sometimes we got to get the faith before we get the finances. Amen. Okay. God knows what's going on in our life. God, ha Listen to me, church. God has not turned a deaf ear. He has not shut his eyes. The scripture says that he is always watching over your circumstances and situations. And can I tell you this? That where you have sown in righteousness, 
where you have given in abundance, God will surely do his part to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain because his desire is to bless you and through you bless the nations of the earth. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. So, um, one, one thing I would say about this, just write this scripture down, all right? We're not going to have time, a time to look at it. But, but there's a condition. Let, let, me, let me say this very clearly. Uh, we believe, I believe personally, that tithing in the house, in the church, is for your benefit, not for the church's benefit. Yes, it's how the lights get paid, uh, turned on, and all that kind of stuff, and pastors get paid, and, and, and all the different stuff. But it's for your benefit. That's what the scripture talks about. Um, that the giving above and beyond, that sowing in sowing into building funds and things like that, giving into missions. You know, we give lots in missions. We're going to take up a missions offering in just a couple of weeks, our, our annual missions offering. But can I say this? That if we don't give with the right heart, and, and, and I'm going to have to meet with these finance guys tomorrow, so I don't really want to say this exactly like this, but... But if you can't give with a right heart, if you can't give in a way that is an act of worship unto the Lord, then your giving isn't helping you and it's really not helping us. Because the first thing that we're concerned about is not your dollars, but your heart. Amen? It's not about how much you give. You can, because the Bible says you can give all of your wealth. And be lacking love and, you know, still not be pleasing to God, not have the heart of God. Deuteronomy, write the scripture down. You can go back and read it later. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 17, talks about giving with all of your heart and the soul. And as you give, what you're doing is you're declaring that the Lord is your God. I love this section of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 26. And do you know what he says right after that? says, because you've declared that God, the Lord is your God, God declares that you are his people. God, God declares you're his sons and you're his daughters. And, and you know what I read in scripture? I've never seen the, the children of God begging of bread. I've never seen the, 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 will God, if you ask him for something good, will he give you something evil? No, he won't do that. Even an earthly father, how much more will our heavenly father provide the needs of your lives? But it starts with our heart, doesn't this? You ready for one good word to close with today? How about this? The scripture said this. It says in, um, in Joshua chapter, in, in, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 26, there in verses 16 and 17, I'm sorry, verses 18 and 19, um, God says, I'm going to do this. Is it up there? He says, also, the day has, also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you that you should keep all of his commandments. You have verse 19. And, listen to this, come on, look here. And that he will set you high above all the nations which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor. One verse says in fame, and that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. Look at verse, um, let me just encourage you, look at verse 21, or verse uh, 27 in Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, verse 27 it says that when God finished working among the people at Jericho and God's people, what God was doing at Jericho, 
They had given the whole city unto the Lord. They gave God everything that he asked for. Look what God did. It says, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all of the country. Can I tell you this morning that God's intention is for us to give ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord, to be his people, to walk in his purposes, fulfill his plans, to trust in his timing, to obey him at all points so that he can be our God, so that we can be his people, so that through our lives he can make his name famous. Anybody this morning say, you know what? <laughs> with that kind of a promise, with that kind of a deal, I want God to be my God. 